What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 118.0, and we're starting a new series, uh, as we have been doing for the past few years. Uh, we're doing our horror game now in December, in our Nightmare Before Christmas series. Uh, today I have with me Matt. Hello, friends. I'm actually excited about this game, and also I bought an actual Nightmare Before Christmas game in October on the oh, original you, Xbox. The original Xbox Nightmare Before Christmas game? Yeah. Okay. Why Why did they release a Nightmare Before Christmas video game on the original Xbox when that movie came out in 94, 93? <laughs> good question. That's a good question, right? It could have been because of the uh, the popularity of um, of Kingdom Hearts, because the first Kingdom Hearts game had a level that was based on A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh yeah, so could have been that. I don't know, but so, uh, yeah. So this is a different okay. Nightmare Before Christmas, though. <laughs> yes, yes, this is a new nightmare. In fact, uh, it is uh, Alone in the Dark, the new nightmare. Uh, this was. Um, I mean, it was basically requested by you, Matt. I mean, basically, we knew it existed, and you've mentioned before, hey, I'd like to do that game. Uh, I was like, okay. I know nothing about it. Like, I had never played an Alone in the Dark game until the wonderful Alone in the Dark game that we played a um, long time ago at the beginning parts of Phoenix Down. Um, I think, was it 2009 was when that game came out? 2008? All in the dark. Yeah. Um, garbage game. Absolute <laughs> garbage. Um, but uh, yeah, so Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare is uh, technically the fourth game in the series, I believe. Um, in fact, I think in some some countries, it's even known as Alone in the Dark 4, The New Nightmare. Yeah, I was surprised how often it was referenced like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, originally released May 18th of 2001 on the original PlayStation and the Game Boy Color. It was then released on Windows, on the PC, and Dreamcast, and PlayStation 2 um, about a month later. Um, yeah, well, two months later. So, strange. This, this game was on pretty much everything at the time. No, no Xbox, but, um, I mean, you got a the PlayStation 1, also PlayStation 2. And I will say this, there is a significant difference between the two. Graphically or beyond that? I think beyond that, because I, I will tell you this. I, how I'm playing this game, originally... I was going to play on the PlayStation 3 using the the PlayStation 1 Classics. So you could purchase it on PlayStation 3 to play basically a PS1 Classic. Um, it was four ninety nine something like that. I was like, that's fine. For the life of me, I could find no way to purchase the game. I could mm. see it in the store, but I couldn't add anything to my wallet. So I then went to Google searched it. Okay, I can add funds to my wallet through the PlayStation Store on the desktop. Got it. 
for a month, all of November, I tried to add funds to my wallet and it kept giving me an error. Wow. I used, I used a credit card. I used PayPal. I used everything. Nothing would work. I said, all right, screw it. I'm not going to be able to do that. Me and Anthony were talking after recording Anodyne and Anthony was like, check the PC version. All right. Well, it's on PC. Good old games, goodoldgames.com. They were having a sale at the time. It was a dollar thirty something. Okay, <laughs> I'll do that. I did look. I looked. Controller support. Yes. Purchase it. Load it up. The only controller support for that game is I can use my Xbox controller and I can move. That's it. It does not take any of the button inputs. I'm not sure that counts as support. <laughs> no, it does not. And then I started looking like deeper in like the the forums and stuff like that, and people were like, yeah, this is does not have controller support. I'm like, great, I should have looked at that beforehand. So I was like, all right, let's keep on keeping on. I booted the game up, started playing it with with. It doesn't even use mouse controls; it uses just keyboard. I I can't. I can't. Not with the arrow keys and tank controls. It is impossible. It is impossible. I was like, I can't play it like this. So, I go back to Sony. Please let me give you money. Still wouldn't work on the PC. I then realized I have a PlayStation 4. I use my PlayStation 4 to add funds to my wallet. I then turned on my PlayStation 3 and downloaded the PS1 Classic <laughs> version of the game. And that's where I'm playing. Now, I did play about 40 minutes of the PC version. I say all this to say this. There is differences not only graphically, and there are some major graphically differences, graphic differences between the PC version, which I'm assuming is the PS2 Dreamcast version, and the PlayStation 1 version. Graphically, it looks 10 times better. Like, Combi's mouth actually moves and stuff like that. Yeah. Two, I want to say, much like how, if you remember, there's differences in the original Resident Evil between the Japanese version and the American version. The American version was the, quote, hard mode, and that was the only mode we got mm. of the Japanese version. I feel like... Is that what they put on the PS1 here, too? <laughs> the the PS1, I think, is hard mode. And there's a reason why. Because I put 40 minutes into it. Number one, on the PC version, I got attacked twice. That was it. In the PS1 version, I am getting attacked constantly in the 40 minutes that I played. Two, Carnby starts on the PC version, starts with five charms of saving. On the PS1 version, he starts with one. Yeah. Also, there were a few things here and there. First aid kits, stuff like that, that you don't find on the PS1 version of this game. And I was like, okay, I, I get it. This is this is the hard mode. And I think... <laughs> I, I honestly, I think because the, the Dreamcast and the PC and PS2 versions of the game came out 
a few months after the PS1 version came out, which makes me think they tweaked it a little bit before they released it. Yep. Um, just be like, okay, people, maybe this is too hard. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's basically my, my takeaway from it. Cause I was like, oh, okay, well, these are my ink ribbons. I got five of them. Cool. All right. That's, that's good. And then I started the PS1 version. I have one. Okay. I, well, I guess I need to be selective on when I save. And yeah. I'll be honest with you. I restart the on the PS1 version of this game. I re- had to start from the beginning three times. Yeah, it's a challenge to know when to save because, yeah, you can't save in predefined places, which I would just do every time I passed it. And you can't save, you know, it, you can save anywhere, which is great, but with such limited abilities to save, yeah, I really didn't know what to do saving-wise. Yeah. And the game, yeah, it can be unforgiving. That's that's well, that's a rude is, awakening into this world. It's not just that. It's like so. I, I I tried probably the first. I would say probably the the first couple of hours of this game. I tried to go without using a fac or looking at a fac. I quickly realized that I saved my game, and I experiment. Yeah. I go through this room, I go through that room, see if I find anything. And then what made me start realizing I need to make a save and then experiment was, oh, when you kill enemies, they come back. Yeah, that's it, it's funny, right? You, you've got your, I'm imagining the lady with a balance in each hand. The enemies right. keep coming back. I don't think the ammo keeps coming back. No. So you are very much punished for exploring in that sense. You don't want to go into a room and then go back into that hallway with three friggin' zombies in it. Exactly. And the weird thing is, is the guns in this game are not your regular guns. Yeah, they're weird. (laughs) They're weird. So while I have a shotgun, and if you, that shows an ammo counter at the bottom. Every time I pull the trigger on that shotgun, it uses three shells of ammo because it's a triple barrel shotgun. Yeah, much like your regular pistol is a double barrel pistol. So it uses two bullets at a time. Why? Why would you do that? Yeah, hard mode. (laughs) Yeah, like seriously. (sighs) Anyway. So, uh, all right, let's... We're get, we're getting deeper into it than what I need to. So so, uh, story. Do you know what's going on in this game, Matt? No, and I rewatched the intro <laughs> to this game like three times. It's a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching this intro. I'm like, this is the weirdest friggin' intro because, like, it does it it it's like a whole movie trailer. It's not like an intro to a game setting you up to play a game. It's so weird because it's got it, it takes like breaks. It it pauses between sections of the intro. That's like how much it's covering. And it even goes back into like flashbacks and stuff, which don't make any sense to me. Why wouldn't you just put that in the game? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing, you know, I, 
I feel like parts of that intro are Resident Evil. I feel like parts of it are the X Files. It looks like you got some kind of government conspiracy going on, but then it looks like it's not the government. I don't know. There's there's a lot going on in that. You've got explosions, cities being exploded, and helicopters flying away. You got the beginning yeah. of the game, the end of the game, flashbacks. Everything's all like merged into one big jumble of an intro video. Yeah. As far as I can tell, and this is this is the best of my ability. You you get to choose at the beginning of the game who you want to play as. You can choose to be Edward Carnby, who we are all familiar with. You know, I don't have your stones, and fuck you anyway. <laughs> um, Which this game is on par with that bad voice acting for it's, sure. It, it's a different style. It's a different level of bad voice acting, though. Um, I I think. All right. How about this? This has bad voice acting. 2008's Alone in the Dark had bad dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Because I think the guy who played Edward Carnby was hamming it up. You know, he was <laughs> he was trying to he was trying to do as best as he could. I was like, well, you guys told me just to say fuck you. So, all right, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Edward Carnby, or you can play as um, Aline. Aline. Aline, yep. I guess is how you say it. Yep. Um, um, and so from what I understand is Edward Carnby had a friend and a colleague named Charles Fisk. Charles Fisk was doing some sort of investigating. Um, uh, and his body washed up on the, the, the shore of an island Shadow Island. Mysteriously name. named Shadow Island. <laughs> yeah, Shadow Island. Um, according to the Wikipedia, it says it's off the coast of Massachusetts. I did not know that. Yeah, they do talk about Gloucester, Mass, which isn't too far away from here. So, Wait, so you're close to Shadow Island. You could go yeah, there. Yeah, I think it's there. Okay. Um, and so Edward Carnby's like, well, I'm going to go find what happened to my friend. Um. And I guess during his investigation, he runs into this Aline. Um, I don't know. She's a she's a an intelligent young university professor. A university professor of like archaeology. I guess I so. She's there looking for tablets, right? So something yeah. about the past. Um, and she wants to go there too because she knows of people um that live on that island or did live on that island um she knows that there was there was some experiments going on also some ancient stuff happening there um and you know from the intro that she's looking for a bit of a relative because they in that section of the intro where it's like two figures in a shadowy room with like the light coming through the blinds in the background the guy behind the desk is like, we need them both on the island. And the other guy's like, don't worry. Aline's there because she she knows that um, one of the guys on the island, Obed, is her. And he's like, don't, don't worry about it. She's there. So you know it's like a relation, probably your father or uncle or something at that point. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're doing whatever they could do, these mysterious figures, to get these two people onto Shadow Island. So, um, oh, I noticed you're reading from the Wikipedia as well. Um, So, yeah. 
Um, so they're they're taking a helicopter ride to the island, and um, the helicopter gets attacked by something um, and goes down. Um, they actually jump out of the helicopter and use um, parachutes. Um, Edward lands in the woods, while Elaine lands on the roof of the mansion that is there. Um, and that's where you get to pick who do you want to play as. Um, I, we both chose to play as Edward Carnby. Um, and truth be told, the only reason why I chose was because I was not able to select anything using, <laughs> uh, the controller on my, uh, PC at the time. Default. So, yeah. So there you go. I'm going to play as Edward. Um, but there is, so I will say this, uh, just by looking it up, um, there is a, there is a gameplay difference between the two. Um, Edward Carnby is more focused on action while Aline is more focused on puzzle solving. Um, uh, Aline will be fighting stuff. So I know she does get weapons, um, but um, it seems like Edward's going to be doing the, the majority of the shooting, which I've done a lot of in this game Yep. so far. Um, so yeah, we land out in the, in the woods um, as we're going through the woods area, we find like a little shed or shack or something. I don't even know what it is. Um, and there's a guy there, um, with his arm ripped off <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Oh my God, what happened to you? And he's like, I'm going to die. <laughs> you need to leave. And he's like, well, I'll be back for you. And when, when you leave, you hear gunshots and a scream. And I'll be honest with you. I was playing with headphones. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I jumped. Yeah, they, they do a couple of cool things like that. Because, yeah, you leave that scene and you're just back on your way to the manor. And it's a little bit surprising because it's it's not like a lot of times it's like a, a scene. You've either got background or you've got like an enemy. You don't usually have things like this happening kind of off screen in the background. At least not in my mind because then... You know, I went into this being like, all right, I want to play this because it's like Resident Evil. But I feel like that was a cool thing. They do a lot of atmospheric things like that that are a little different. Yeah. So that that's that's the one thing we should mention is that this is kind of like a um it's definitely a, a fixed camera tank control old school survival horror game like Resident Evil. In fact, this game kind of wears its influences on its sleeve. Um yeah. It, you, you, when you start this game up, you're like, oh, wow, this is straight up Resident Evil. Um, and I'm fine with that. And I, and I, I will give the game credit. It is, it definitely has atmosphere. Um, yeah. It's got, it's got the really good foreboding music. It's got good ambient sounds. Just like when you're outside that, you know, it's always constantly going. Um, but it, as far as, <laughs> I guess I would say as far as the enemies go, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm fighting. They're obviously otherworldly creatures, but then there's also like zombies walking around too. Yeah, I don't really get why there's both. Although yeah. they do ex they do explain it in the game. What, through the documents and stuff? Yeah. Um, Some of those are long, like... <laughs> 20 to 40 page documents. It's crazy. I ran, I ran into a 40 page document yeah. and I said, all right, we're going to click through this. 
Um, but yeah, uh, going through the woods, we eventually reach the manor, and that's when we start getting attacked. So, like I said, in the PC version of this game, I ran into two dogs. In the PS1 version of this game, I ran into eight, it felt like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the uh, little bit of foreshadowing, though, where they show, you know, they show the dogs kind of pulling at the, the Rottweilers, pulling at the... They're their chains against the wall, and it's an old wall, and the, so the you know the bolts are coming loose. And I like the little twist of where like you see that happening, you're like, oh great, we're gonna have to shoot some Rottweilers. They chose Rottweilers instead of Dobermans in this game, okay. Um, and then when you finally get to them, they bolt right past you. Yeah, they even attack you. But um, yeah. And this is basically just trying to get make your way into the to the mansion. Um, and we can't go through the front, obviously. That'd be too easy. Um, we have to actually go around the mansion and go through the sewers, uh, which the game calls them the aqueducts. Yeah, I made it here three times, oh. and died three times. Had to start the game all the way over again click through all the dialogue, go talk to the one-armed man who then eventually dies. And I was like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Because you go into the water and there is, the fat calls it a crocodile. (laughs) It sure doesn't look like a crocodile to me. That stands on its tail, maybe? That stands on its tail and grabs you. It always appears out of the water behind you. And another thing I want to mention. So in Resident Evil, when you pull out your gun... You're stationary. Not in this game. Edward Carmi can walk and aim his gun and shoot. Which is, you know, for 2001, never seen that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, I, like, I, I was in that room, and I was like, okay, well, do I fight this thing? Because I was, I was, you know, I was playing it like a Resident Evil. All right, conserve ammo. Run when I can. Well, this room is big. I see the exit. Let me just run for the exit. Every time I go for the exit, it would grab me, pull me underwater, damage me, and I'd come back up in the middle of the room. I'm like, okay, I guess I got to fight it. So yeah, I finally. I tried that tactic later in the game, just trying to escape, and it does not let you. Oh, are we? Ta- are, oh, are we talking about the library boss? In the library, yep. I was thinking that myself. So, all right, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> But the game, when it wants you to fight, it's going to make you fight, I guess. Yes. I kind of just wish the game would tell me that. Yeah. Like, maybe put, like, shadows on the doors or something where, no, no, you can't leave until this thing dies, you know. But, um, yeah. Um, I have to kill it. So, we, you know, shooting it. Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm, there was a point in this game where I had tons of ammo. And then all of a sudden, I had no ammo. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, like in Resident Evil, you get used to something, right? Like in Resident Evil, you have your pistol, all right? You're going to find a lot of pistol ammo. You're going to find a shotgun. Shotgun does more damage, but there's also less ammo to find, right? Yep. I was out of pistol ammo halfway through this play session. Yep. I'm, I'm actually I, I'm actually still out of pistol ammo in my game i am i am officially a shotgun man that's it and then i, I have ended so up many with shotgun two, shots. 240 shotgun shells i'm like oh actually i've got plenty i yeah and then <laughs> i went to the library yeah 
So I, I, let's let's save that for a minute. We'll, we'll get back to that. <laughs> All roads lead to the library. All roads lead to the damn library. So um, the, that was the first time I looked at the fact. Literally, I haven't even made it to the mansion yet, and I had to look at the fact because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong with this stupid crocodile thing. So, got to kill it. Kill it. Go on. Okay, cool. After going through the sewers, you're now inside the, the I guess, the cellar of the mansion. Yeah. I do like, and it does it on the crocodile, but other enemies as well. I like that when you're in your aiming mode, that it trains the gun on the enemy so you actually know you're aiming at it. Yeah. I think that it's a nice little helpful visual cue to know at least I'm not going to waste this bit of ammo. I know that it's 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 following him and I don't need to necessarily turn by micro degrees to make sure I'm perfectly aligned with it. Like right. He you know he kind of tracks a little bit and I thought that was helpful. Yeah, they did that in the Resident Evil 2 did that, I think. Resident Evil 1 did not, and I think they may have experimented with it auto-lock or auto-aim on the director's cut version. Mm. And I think Resident Evil 2 had it. Or no, I take that back. Resident Evil 2 did not have it. Resident Evil 1.5, if you remember, had the auto-tracking. Yeah. Um... But they 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 scrapped it and and didn't put it in Resident Evil Two proper. Resident Evil Three had it. That's what it was. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, I'm talking I'm talking Resident Evil like crazy tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, making it into the uh, to the mansion, um, we start in the cellar area. I have to move our way up. Um, we start running into. The, the the fat calls them hellhounds. I guess that's what the game calls them too, which are like not dogs. They're like these weird, like almost like baby xenomorphs walking around. Yeah, pretty gangly. Yeah, um, and I think after the crocodile fight, I have not been at green health since. Because getting hit once will bring you to caution. But it feels like it takes three hits in caution before you get to red. And if you get to red, you get hit one more time, you're dead. Yep. I've probably died about seven or eight times in this game so far. Yeah. Most of it there. at the beginning of the game. Yeah. You kind of learn. Okay. All right. And I, I, I need to. And here's another thing. Do not manually reload your gun. Always go into the menu and reload your gun from there. Because there's just a little bit too long of an animation. Yeah. Do you mean... So is there a way to just choose to reload? Or do you have to wait until you run out of bullets or you go through the menu? You have to wait. I think you have to wait until you run out of bullets. Yeah, I thought so too. And that's where I was getting nailed a couple times by zombies because... I would get my two shots in. It takes three to take them down. And then while I was reloading for that third one, I would get attacked. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I did eventually get a handle on, all right, I guess I just have to go to the man in the menus to reload, but definitely is not the smoothest way <laughs> the game could have handled no. reloading a, a weapon. No. 
So, um, and I should mention that during this time, Edward is constantly getting radio messages from Elaine. Yeah, and she is like the most annoying character in any game. <laughs> I can't believe it. You're like there to save her, and she's like, what is taking so long? Where are you? I'm like, oh my god. I'm trying. I'm getting killed by a crocodile right now. And she'll be like, oh, you're getting killed by a crocodile? Well, hurry up. Well, hurry up. I want to leave this place. She says that multiple times. I want to get out of here. And then when you finally meet her face to face, she's like, I'm going to go explore. Yeah, I'm going off on my own. <laughs> what? For the even sole Edward, reason that we have different goals. Yeah. Even Edward is like, you, you don't want to stick together? Yeah. Like, he even said that. I'm like, I'm with Edward. Two heads better than one. Two guns better than one. What are we doing? Yep. But, yeah. Um, making it into the manor, we, we, we find that we're the lobby. Um, yeah, you, you get that one cool view right before you make it to the lobby where uh, you find the casket. You have to get a key out of a casket. Yeah. And, and it's, you, you know, the, <laughs> you know something bad's going to happen when you, like, look in a casket. It was almost like, yeah, this is meant to be. Was it even meant to be a jump scare? I don't know. It was. I would say. I would say yes, but um, they do better psychological jump scares in this game. Yeah, when you get the the the, the momentary visions. Yeah. So that's that's the thing is like there there's there's physical beings attacking you but you're also like you're you're experience you're, you're experiencing those those visions those sanity effects if for lack of a better term yeah um granted there is no sanity meter or anything like that it's just oh this is a cut a small cut scene to scare you basically um but yeah the 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 lobby um which is is basically like the it's basically like I wouldn't why call it a lobby, but it's basically like when you walk through the front doors, you're in this area, um, but the front door is locked, so you can't get out. Um, but uh, yeah, um, you're going to be coming here a lot. Um, yeah, you have to. The first time you're there, you walk through the mirror. Yeah, and then you can't go back through it. <laughs> it's like okay, well, all right. Yeah, which is. You know, obviously not a big deal in the scheme of things, but it it does like this manner does not feel as real as the Resident Evil manner. And maybe that's a bias because I've played Resident Evil so much, but things in in that manner felt a little bit more logical. Both from like the like maybe a layout perspective, but here it just like it doesn't make sense that you go through the door and then you can't go back through it. it you know, why, why did it lock? How did it lock? It, it didn't really, right? It's just a game gameplay thing. But then the logic of how you, like, navigate it, all the keys that you find, are you just supposed to know what kind of door takes what kind of key? Uh, did you try examining the keys? I didn't do that either. I, I'm, I'm asking the same question, but I was like, does the, does the if you examine the key, does it tell you, oh, this looks like it would work at the library or this could work here uh i don't know if i use the examine function i did look at the keys and i think one of them said like ground floor east or something i'm like all right okay that's cool and but then i looked at like four more keys and none of them had any writing on them my question is if you say ground floor east which way is east yeah well it, it did have a compass on the on the map 
Where is the map? Uh, left L2. It'd have been nice if the game told <laughs> you that. Yep. I've played through this entire play session without seeing a map. Ah. Uh, and well, I was thinking, <laughs> is, do I have to find one? Because you remember in Resident Evil, you could find, oh, I found the basement map. I found the first floor map. Yep. But no, it's just not there. And I was just like, all right, well, is there no map in this game? I just got to memorize this whole place. It actually is reasonably helpful. It doesn't give you names of rooms, which would have been super helpful because when I was trying to find the library, I had no idea where it was. But it does, what I do like is that every door is like color-coded based on whether it's open, whether it's blocked, or whether it's locked. Gotcha. So like if you're trying to look like, oh, I do have a key, what what rooms have I not been in? At least that part of it is you know, kind of nicely laid out on the map. Oh, man, that would have helped so much. Yeah. That would have saved me probably an hour of playtime. Because yeah. there, there was so many times where I'm in a corridor and there's four doors, two of which are blocked. One has already been open and then one's locked. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I've I've been through the doors open. The other two I can never go through. And this other one's locked and I have no idea where the key is. Yeah. So I tried. I, 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 will, I will gladly tell you that I tried. Um, well, the other... Using a, using a fact, but... They've also dedicated an entire button to calling Aline. Really? I didn't even know that. R2 is just call Aline and see what she has to say. What does she say? Uh, Sometimes I called her and she would have lines. Sometimes I would call her, she would just repeat the last line that she said during a, you know, like a like a, a automatic cutscene cut scene call. And then sometimes... There'd be no response. <laughs> hmm. Strange. Does she give you like a hint at all or no? Uh, not not that I got when I called her. Okay. Dang. I, I probably should have like looked at the controls or something because I didn't know there was a button to call her and I didn't know there was a map button. Yep. Dang. I actually found myself hitting the map button quite a lot accidentally. Just the way I was holding it. Huh. So I'm glad it didn't do something uh, worse. <laughs> like dump, dump have, all your ammo on the floor. Why not just have the map in the menus? Yep, good question. Uh, okay. Well, And then I also found it really confusing because some sometimes I feel like a menu circle was to go back, but sometimes it was triangle to go back. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Like whenever I'm finished putting in like a code or something like that, I'm like, okay, did it work? Like, do I have to hit a button? Yeah. There's not like seriously long load times, but every time you change scenes, it's like twice as long as I feel like it should be. And I'm like, am I just getting impatient with this? Was, were all games like this? But every, like the same thing you're, you're saying, like when I would add, uh, you know, make a decision on something or, or enter a password or something, I would hit X and then I don't actually know if I've, I've accepted it or if that's just the end of it. Like when it would flash up the, the paintings. Yeah. I'm like, do I need to accept that I've seen the painting? Is it going to yes. go away on its own? Do I hit, tr- you know, is it X to accept it? Is it triangle to go back? Is it circle to go back? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've I've I have fumbled with that multiple times. It's funny because the game like 
in, in, in my mind, even the PS1 game, and I know you're saying it looks worse than the PC version, but this game looks awesome for a PS1 game. Yeah, it does. Great. And it, I mean, it feels this, big budget in that way. Like, I love the way the uh, the flashlight looks. Yeah, no, they use they use lighting really well in this game. But then it seems like some of the basics they just didn't do. I don't know. Like even even down to, let's say the number of things you see when you're walking around. I would usually walk up to be something and walk up to like anything in the background and hit X and be like, oh, I wonder what this is. What's the cool, eerie little blurb that they're going to tell me about what's in the background? And there's just nothing. Right. Nothing. There's very few things I feel like you get any kind of interaction with. Which is fine for whenever you get to the library. Because <laughs> I tried. I, I will get to that. So I guess the 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 big puzzle... The, the overarching puzzle is there at, at the upper landing of the lobby. There are four portraits of, I guess, the patriarchs of this family. Yeah, in, I, in, in I guess. Are I they? Yes, I don't know. I mean, we we put in date at the end, right? And they're all within like a thirty-year span. 40 year span right yeah so I kind of figured that they were all contemporaries with each other I guess I guess but uh, it, what we're trying to do is activate the portraits so so there's there's a puzzle inside of a puzzle so you're 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 activating the portraits and then you have to solve the portrait basically which is put in the birth date of the person or the birth year of the person um, which we find that through notes and stuff like that. But you have to go throughout this entire mansion to activate these portraits. From the attic to the library, which is on the second floor. Well, it's second, third, and fourth, or second, first, and third floor. <laughs> um, also, this, this mansion does not make sense. I've seen what it looks like from the outside that library could not exist in that building <laughs> it yeah. couldn't it's massive it's massive yeah but um, all the way to the roof yep and then there's a spiral staircase it goes three floors and i'm just like what like this 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 whole place makes no sense and i know you know and i, I was I would say like halfway through, halfway through this play session, I was like, okay, I'm starting I'm starting to unlock doors that were originally locked. I go through the door and it's like, oh, I'm back here. Okay, I got you. So I was like, all right, so I'm, I'm starting to, quote, memorize this place. You know, it, it's like the mansion in Spencer Mansion or the police station in yeah. Resident Evil 2. I'm like, okay, I'm memorizing this door leads to this door. It would have been helpful if I knew that there was a map. <laughs> yeah, that does help with the layout. Yeah, it would have definitely helped me like figure this out. Um, but yeah, so we're going everywhere. Uh, we run into Elaine. She wants to separate to go find her other stuff. Okay. We just kind of want to get out. Um, and 
dude, I'm trying to remember like how to even activate the rest of the, the, the portraits. I know how to activate the last two because they all both, they both happened in the library. <laughs> yeah. You end up meeting two people right on yes. your traversals. Eden Shaw. Yeah. The Which native I'm American man. Dead. Yeah. He's a ghost. I think so. Okay. And then I wasn't sure because you also meet a woman in bed who says she's dead. But I don't think she's dead. Well, how are either? I mean, maybe this is just a general comment on any kind of horror mansion like this, but with all sorts of zombies and interdimensional demons running around, how are either of these two people alive? That's a good question. Maybe they, they, they couldn't get into the old woman's place. Did we have to use a key to get into her bedroom? I can't remember. Uh, probably. And then there was just one being that, like, attacked us through a bed. It was like tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to shoot it, and then he just aimed for the, the lantern above it, and it fell on it, and it killed it instantly. I'm like, oh, dang, that was easy. Yeah. I was about to say it's so random. Why is it so random? But then I'm like, well, Resident Evil also had a giant plant, so. But it makes sense in the fact that they were experimenting with the T-virus on the yep. plant's life. To see yeah, what it does. Ex- exactly. I mean, you can use that, like, that general explanation, and at least it explains the weird things you're seeing in the, you know, in the mansion and on the grounds. Here, they specifically call out the zombies, so... The zombies and the, you know, the hellhounds and stuff, that all kind of makes sense. I don't know where the tentacles would have come from, though. Okay, explain to me uh, the zombies. Uh, Basically, they just said that they're looking at essentially the composition of these interdimensional things. And they're more like almost like a stone. They're made out of like a stone. And he said he basically just extracted that and started putting it into living tissue and it would reanimate it. Okay. I mean, not that that's much of an explanation, but he does say in his, uh, you know, in his journals and stuff, that's what he was doing. Because that's one thing I do like about all these journals is you, you basically get this whole history of, of this kid, like, learning how, you know, learning about the hounds and stuff and, and about their biology doing experiments and I don't know kind of interesting that you get like his whole life story basically yeah I read I read a good amount of that I, there was like um there's this cave that everybody wants to get into but it's sealed up yeah and his grandfather knew the 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 secret to the cave how to get into it but he died before telling anybody so he started like scouring through his notes over the years trying to figure out how to get into it yep and And he had like a natural predisposition to it so he was really gifted yeah and then he realized oh my entire family has been dealing with this stuff for you know years and years and years and that's when he was like I'm gonna get into that cave like the the last guy who owned the mansion, I guess. Um, and I guess when he went into the cave, ha ha! All this stuff happened. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I have no idea about the woman, the old woman. She 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 was just there. I was like, wow, what what is this? What what? There's an old woman in a bed, and she yelled at me, "Get out of here!" <laughs> yeah, basically. So, but yeah, um, got to figure out how to activate these things. And and like you said, and th- and this was the biggest thing for me was, um, the keys. The keys only have like single uses. So like when you think these games, Resident Evil, right? Resident Evil, you got the sword key, which was used on multiple doors that had a engraving of a sword on it. In this game, every key is a single use, and when you use it, it goes away from your inventory. Sure, that's easy enough. Um, but the problem is, it's like just brass key or rusty key, yeah. and, and I'm just like, okay, well, what the, uh, I could put the, I could put the brass key in any door, you know? Yeah, it, it's weird because that's one of the things. So, like, I, I went into this game expecting it to be like Resident Evil, and then by every like obvious metric, it is kind of like Resident Evil. Sure. But then the whole time I'm playing it, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel like Resident Evil. It feels more like a like a point and click game to me, where like I've got some things, and I'm like, what what do I need to interact it with? Like, I don't have, I don't feel like I'm necessarily exploring as much as I am finding pieces and then trying to do like adventure style puzzles. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I I just, it was, it was that. And the fact that as I'm walking around, I never got the sense that things in the background were quite so obvious. Like I never knew again, what to interact with. Yeah. There were so many things in this section that I thought I could interact with that I couldn't or, you know, I, I guess I, I I felt like I didn't know what I needed to do, and then I would look it up. And I'm like, oh, I guess I had to go here first and go there second, and then I could come back here. Yeah, there was multiple steps to to a lot of these things, and I I don't feel like a lot of them were necessarily intuitive. It was like, well, you just need to keep going until you, you know, until you have the thing you need at at the right place. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Is like, and, and Resident Evil does it right. You get the shield key, okay? Well, I know that there are these three doors that have a shield icon on them. Yeah. Let's go check them out. And you couldn't go anywhere else except the shield rooms, right? And, and then you find yeah. something else that helps you progress. And the doors and this, I can't get into, I, I can see why I can't get into it. I know what I need to, to find at least. Yes. And that's that's the thing that I feel like this game is missing is that it's just like... You can't get in here. Why? <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, is, like, you may see a door, like, on the first floor, and you're going to have to go to the second floor, then up to the attic, then around through the attic, then come back down the back way, and then you can go through that door. I'm just like, what? Like, Yeah. And there's, like, a, there's, there's a small section in, in this in the manner where you need to like, I guess you don't need to, I don't, I don't think it's part of the, you know, minimum path through the game, but there's like floorboards that you can open with a crowbar. But if I had never picked up the crowbar, I wouldn't have any idea how to get into it. I'm not even sure if I would know that I could get into it. We'll see. When I first got the crowbar, I was thinking, Oh, I'm going to 
pry a door open. Yeah. When I, when I first got the crowbar, I was like, oh, it's sealed. This feels like this door sealed up. I was like, okay, well, I can use the crowbar on that. No, I cannot. The crowbar was for the floorboards. And I mean, at that point, when when I was when I was doing that stuff, I was like, okay, fact time, fact time. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say it like that, but I mean it's true. I'm 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 37 years old. I I have a full time job. I have a wife. I don't I don't have the time. Well, I to... mean, it also just felt a little too random for me to want to put in the time. Yeah, because I'm I like mean, I, I like I, I, I could read. spend hours here and just not get anywhere. Yeah, easily. Or, or screw myself to yeah. where like, oh, I went through this corridor. There's zombies here again. I've got it. And now I, now I have no ammo. Now I'm screwed. I have saved myself into a corner. Yeah. I thought that would be pretty easy to do in this game. It is. That's why I've been very selective. <laughs> um, I've yeah. often found myself in a trade-off too, where I'm like, wow, I definitely like took extra hits there and used too much ammo. But I haven't saved in a long time because I'm restricted in how often I can save. So is it worth restarting and replaying 30, 40 minutes to not take those extra three or four hits? I'm like, that, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> that trade-off I, I seriously considered um, during the library. Yeah. I, so... end, I ended up replaying the, the library section. Once, just because I used on one enemy over 140 bullets. Yes. So we've 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 jumped and skipped around it. Let's just talk about the library. <laughs> the last major part of this section is this giant library, and when I say giant, it is three stories, and the room is as big as four lobbies. <laughs> and there's two... So we, we've currently unlocked... So the four portraits that we have to unlock, we've currently unlocked two of them. The other two will be unlocked in this room. Uh, the first one is by... Basically, we gathered information that we can do. We had to put in a code... Um, and we got the code from finding two pieces of a photograph and putting them together and then looking at the back. And they gave you like a, a, a simple addition, math puzzle, a simple math puzzle. Also, have you ran into where you're trying to read something that's an object in game and you're like, I don't I can't tell what that freaking says. <laughs> uh, well, there was the one thing that's backwards. Well, see, I, I could read that one, but like I'm talking about the objects. Like, if you had to look at an object from like on the back of the object or something like that, I'm just like, I guess that's a sun symbol. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, that's where I think the the PS2 version would have been easier. Oh, I'm sure it is. Um, but uh, yeah. So we we had to input that code. Okay, cool. We have. We have fixed that. Um, so I, I should mention a couple other things. Um, we, there are two other weapons that we've got so far. We've got the grenade launcher, and we've got the rocket launcher. And then we've got so a far, fun fifth one. <laughs> so far, 
I have not found a single grenade ammo. <clears throat> I found 10 extra rockets. Yeah, that's all I had. So, I don't know what to do with these things. Is this a thing where I save it for the final boss? <laughs> you know? Um, I guess, in some sense, at least, I don't think we have limited inventory, really. No, I don't think so. Yeah, that that that's a bit of a change. Because I'm like, whoa, I've got so many weapons here already. Like, I feel like I just started the game and I've already got... You know, rocket launchers. I'm like, oh, this this feels like end game content. And then, you know, what's the fifth one? Like a plasma cannon. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did not expect to find in an old manner. We're turning into Doom here. Yeah. Yeah. BFG is next. Yep. Uh, and they'll still take 18 shots of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the we unlock one. By, by doing something else in the manor and being able to do it in the library. Cool. Yeah, and I'm a little torn because this part is kind of cool and also I'm like, why is it so random? Like you get your, you know, you, you enter that code, you find yourself a secret little room, you get a telescope yep. from that room, then you keep going up in the library, you end up outside, you go up to a little observatory tower. And then I'm like looking around. I'm like, what? What am I looking for? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see a guy in a window. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I'm like, all right, well, I found a guy in a window. That's cool. Yep. But it turns out you also need to keep scrolling around until you happen to find a date on a ledge. Yep. And then you've got the piece that you need. But I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I should have seen it because, look, if we're trying to find dates to these four people in the lobby, then... If you've got if if you've got a telescope, uh, then maybe it's likely that there's a date out there. I guess I don't know. I just just like I, how would <laughs> I have made, known where this was going to be? I don't know. Made no sense. Made no sense at all. And I was just like, all right, fact time. Yeah. Fact, please tell me the way. Um, and I still couldn't find it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I sat there. I sat there, zoomed in. I'm like, I don't know what. What am I looking for? I don't see anything. Even the fact was like, it's a number above a window. I'm like, okay, there's two windows. And I don't see a friggin' number. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, so after doing that, the next puzzle is inside the, the library where we have to uh, interact with these books. There's four books and you have to interact with them in order. First one's in the top floor. Cool. Second one's in the bottom floor. Third one's on the second floor. Fourth one's on the third floor. When you get to the third one and you interact with it, here comes a flying demon thing. I don't know what it is. Which is weird because now this feels like even another type of enemy. Because it doesn't seem like it's something that came through a portal... Because those things are all kind of transparent, semi-transparent. This was just a whole other being, right? Yeah, this looked like a beast of some sort. Yeah. So we've got you've got your you know you've got your portal monsters and you've got your zombies, which so far makes sense. But now just randomly like some kind of flying alien demon. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, 
let me take this thing out. So what this thing does, it flies up. So I'm on the rafters. I'm on the store on the upstairs. It flies to you. And if it's, if you let it stand there, sit there long enough, it will shoot lightning at you and damage you. I pull out my shotgun. I shoot it and I shoot it and I shoot it and nothing happens. I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah. It curls up into a ball and then it spreads its wings and it, it starts shooting lightning at you again. Okay. I died here because I was already at caution. Two lightning bolts and I'm dead. I was like, okay, let's try this again. At this point, I'm not looking at the fact just yet. I was like, okay, I can fight a boss. Come on, this is, this is not that hard. Shoot it. I'll Got figure it. out a simple pattern and kill it. Yeah. So that's when I realized, okay, if I shoot it, it curls up into the ball and then opens its wings really wide. Okay. I shoot it then and I see blood. Oh, that means I hit it. I hurt it and it flies away for a few seconds and it comes it back and you does can kill it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I do that. I wait for him to come, shoot him, opens his wings, shoot him, blood squirts out. Okay. Flies away, comes back. And this is like literally th- this shoot, wing open, shoot, fly away, comes back. That is probably a seven second loop. I shot this thing. Ten times. And it still didn't die. And I was like, okay. Am I doing damage to this thing? Yeah. Because I was like, I can't tell if if it's getting hurt. It seems like it is. But no other enemy in this game has taken this many shots. Yeah, and I don't expect it to have a life bar, but... Some kind of indication would have been nice. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess the alligator didn't have any kind of indication, but that was like six shots and then it's dead. Yeah. With a handgun. Yeah. I'm shooting it with a shotgun. Technically twice per round. Yeah. I think the first shot doesn't hurt him. The second shot does. So at that point I was like, all right, well, I don't, I, I, I have the grenade launcher, but I don't have any grenades. I've got some rockets. Let me try the rockets. I shot him with a shotgun, pulled out my rocket launcher, shot him with the rocket. He's still not dead. I'm like, oh my God, I've shot this guy 10 times. <laughs> and then hit him with a rocket. Comes back. Pull my shotgun back out. All right, well, he's got to be close to being dead. Shoot him three more times with a shotgun. Then I'm like, okay. I have like maybe six rounds of the shotgun shot left. I don't want to waste all of that and then just have power weapons. So yeah. I put the shotgun away. I pulled out the grenade launcher. I shot it with the grenade launcher and it dies. I am now, I now have six shots of a shotgun, three shots of a grenade launcher. And about six shots of a rocket launcher left. That's it. I have not found handgun ammo again. I don't yeah. have any more. I haven't found any in a while. I have zero. <laughs> and so I'm just like, all right, well, that boss is, is dead. Now I can finish this puzzle. But I had saved right before the boss. 
I seriously considered, can I just avoid this guy and finish this puzzle and leave? Yeah, I tried that. <laughs> so what happens if you try to do that? Nothing. You just can't even interact with the door. You just, like you, you can't click on the door or anything. Nope. I ran downstairs. I'm like, let me just, let me just go. It doesn't even follow you down to the ground floor, which is weird. Because I'm like, maybe, maybe, because the whole time, because I, I went through exactly that same loop, except I literally, I must have hit it 25 times with the shotgun because, uh, you know, I went from over 200 shotgun shells down to like 70. You know, which which is only, you know, twenty shots left. But I'm like, I I I think that was enough, except that I've already hit it so many times. Um, I've been in this fight for it feels like an hour and a half, and then it doesn't follow me to the bottom. I'm like, all right, well maybe I'll just scoot out of here and, you know, call it a day. But yeah, you just you can't even interact with the door. It doesn't give you a, you know, no explanation for why the door's locked again. It's not really locked. It's just a gameplay conceit. Wow. Um, but it doesn't even tell you that. It doesn't even say, hey, you know, k- kill the flying demon first. I, I I hope the game considers the fact that that thing took so many shots that I no, no longer have ammo. Yeah. Because then they started throwing all sorts of stuff at me. When I finally unlock everything put in the dates at the portraits and then go outside. Now they're throwing multiple zombies at me. Yeah. There's a lot in this next section. <laughs> yeah. Was it so, five or six at least? Yeah. Oh my God. I have to, I have to say I did, I did this today. So I'm fine with them showing me a cutscene, but if they show me a cutscene where my character is standing there, and zombies are slowly walking up to him. And I'm like, why am I not playing this? And why am I not backing up? It's like the cutscene let the zombies get up to me so I couldn't run around them. Yep. So I had to fight them off. I've got three shots of a shotgun left. i got enough to kill a zombie. And I've got some rockets and three grenades and I put in the the code I put I unlocked the door from the very beginning of the game and I went through and it said please insert disc 2 I switched to disc 2 and saved my game and said I probably saved myself into a corner (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know what to do (laughs) I don't know. Hopefully they got some ammo sitting close to me. <laughs> yeah. And what, you know, the the thing that I'm just fascinated about is like, what does the game want me to do? Like, am I supposed to be running away from these enemies? Am I supposed to be exploring? Am I supposed to be mowing them down? I, I really don't know because I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's telling me what to do. And I feel like, I feel like I'm playing it wrong if I, mow down a bunch of zombies, go into a room, come back out, and they're all there again. I'm like, well, you haven't given me the tools to keep doing this, so I definitely don't think I'm supposed to feel like a badass. Or explore, for that for that matter. But am I supposed to just run past them? Because, you know, what, 
what's the point of like setting up these encounters if you really are just asking me to run run around? Well, see, that's the thing is like there's the the give and take of okay, well, how many healing items do I have? Yeah, because the last thing I want to do is is get to a point where I'm in red and oh, I've got four zombies standing in front of me. Yeah, because usually so, running around them means all right, I'm going to run into one of them. He's going to grab me, and then I'm going to push him back, and then I can get past him. Yeah, we also haven't talked about how how rough the controls are in this game. Yeah, that's another like another Resident place Evil where it's control like this. No, Resident Evil, I feel like is clunky, but it's clean in its clunkiness. Like you know, when you try to do something, you're going to do it. In this game, like. I never know if I'm close enough to something to click on it. Like, I, I don't generally know what I can interact with. Um, I, yeah, I feel running, like running, running into a wall and then mashing X constantly to see if something can interact with it is not viable in this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you kind of turn slowly. You I get caught on every edge. So like if I'm if I'm walking around a hallway, like if there's a, a a nub of a post that sticks out, I'm stuck on it. Also, is there a back button? Uh, like walk it, backwards? Yeah, walk backwards. I think yeah. I think if you hit, if you just hit down, it'll walk backwards. Okay, I haven't I I haven't tried it. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't matter because I'm gonna get hit by the zombie no matter what. Yeah. And even if I did, I feel like I won't back away fast enough. Yeah, there's a sluggishness to it, too. Even even the amount of time it takes you to, like, ready your gun, and then if you hit X, like, the amount of time it actually takes from you hitting X to the shot going off, like, that whole cycle, I feel like, takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And And also, the number of times I've been in front of something that I definitely can interact with but i'm i'm slightly angled away from it and it doesn't recognize it oh it's weird dude this game needs to stop putting things next to things that you can read oh yeah (laughs) i want to pick up the key i don't want to journal again not the 45 page journal again (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you can't just get out of it you gotta tap all the way through it uh, Which, I mean, I get it. If there were so many things to interact with and you needed to have that kind of precision of facing it at just the right angle because there's things on on either side of you, okay. But there's so few things to interact with that like, it just seems like a weird, you know, just make it more forgiving and, you know, then it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. 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 We do have some emails. We have two emails. First one comes in from Dustin. He's playing along with us. Oh, nice. It's titled, Alone Resident in the Evil Dark. <laughs> he says, hey oh, Hey, guys. My history with this game is absolutely nothing. Yeah, we didn't even talk about our history. I, I, I knew the game existed. Never played it. Um... I didn't even know it existed, and my history with the series as a whole is listening to you guys play the one a few years ago. I never realized how big the actual series is. So yeah, this is actually a big series. Um, In fact, a lot of people credit it as the first survival horror game. I know that um, Sweet Home 
is probably one that uh, sparked the whole thing. Um, but the original Alone in the Dark, I actually watched a really cool YouTube documentary about the whole making of the original Alone in the Dark. Oh, that would be awesome. It's fascinating. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll link you to it. And Dustin, if you want to watch it too, it's really good. It's about 40 minutes long. Um, but it was really, really, really good. Um, I watched that recently. I think, I guess, cause we were talking about it. Anthony sent it to me and showed it to me. And I was like, Oh, this is really good. Um, uh, da, da. anyway, uh, I was actually going to play the game boy color version as a joke, <laughs> but even though it was graphically impressive for a game boy game, I wasn't feeling it and was going to skip this one, but someone twisted my arm. So I got a side project done with my dreamcast and now this is my very first game I'm playing on it. Oh, that's awesome. I was actually going to say, if I ever get a Dreamcast, this might be one of the first games I get for it. Just just to compare and, you know, to have a, a, a kind of a cool horror-themed start to it. Oh, here you go. Can we talk about how crappy the controller is? <laughs> Who puts a cord on the bottom? Why does it seem crammed? The game itself is fun. It's a straight ripoff of Resident Evil with Silent Hill music, and that's fine with me. I basically skipped all the enemies before the mansion, except that snake in the sewer. He wouldn't let me escape, and I died. Then I thought shooting him once killed it, and uh, shot about five and ran for it, and died again. Found out you got to kill it, and it takes like eight shots. It does make more sense that it would be a snake than an alligator. Right? Uh, mansion has been fun been doing a lot of wall scrubbing and the interact button doesn't always catch everything <laughs> i had to look up where the third switch was in the library and i know i hit that wall like five times before drew had to help me with a simple puzzle i completely overlooked and i'm ready to leave the mansion after pumping 200 bullets into the gargoyle yeah i still have a random key i don't know where it goes might look it up before i venture outside I'm digging the game so far. The random pop-up visions got me a couple of times. And it's the fun old-school tank controls that add tension. I'm glad I started it and might be a hidden gem because I've never heard anyone talk about this. Dustin. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to know if there's any other games like this, right? The the amount of hours I put into the PS1 Resident Evil series to know that there's a game this close to it in you know concept and execution it's pretty cool. Like I never played it, never never knew about it in the PS One days. Certainly, what's that vampire game that was kind of garbage? That was totally a Resident Evil ripoff. Uh, for a second, I thought you meant Nightmare Creatures. No. Uh, Which is a game I love, but it's so hard to play now. Game. You know, I mean, Legacy of Cain. The I don't no. think any of those are Resident Evil like. Oh god! Every time I look up vampire Resident Evil game, it just shows me the big tall lady from Eight. <laughs> uh, all right. Clock Tower. No, Resident Evil. Rip off. Countdown Vampires does more than just rip off Resident Evil. It's opening scene of a kicking rad party that eventually descends into blood-based madness would have Wesley Snipes suing if he wasn't currently in prison. 
Wow, who wrote that? It was on one up. The five biggest Resident Evil ripoffs. Here you go. I got you a list right here. I didn't know about this one. Although Dino Crisis is a nice uh, Resident Evil style game. Well, that's made by the same people. So yeah, <laughs> uh, Countdown Vampires, Blue Stinger. Oh, uh, which that's is a another, Dreamcast game, right? That's a Dreamcast game. Yeah, Galarians. I've played Galarians. Galarians is weird um, because it's like a, a you you play like a psychic. So your abilities are all like burn stuff. Uh, deep Fear. Never heard of it. I'm thinking yes. of the game. Isn't there one called Cold Fear that's kind of like a Resident Evil game? Cold Fear is a Resident Evil game. Uh, but deep Fear. Uh, the, the, the Sega fans. Uh, so there's a Sega person who worked on Fantasy Star and Skies of Arcadia created Deep Fear. It was released uh, for the Sega Saturn. And then there's a game called Carrier. Wants to be Resident Evil so bad that it, uh, a disembodied anonymous voice growls its title before you can even start <laughs> a new game. Just like Alone in the Dark. Yep. There you go. But yeah. Um, anyway. I got that other email. Let me bring it up here. Uh, this one comes in from Jason. Uh, it's a title recommendations, so it's not actually about uh, Alone in the Dark, but wanted to offer some recommendations. I know I mentioned it previously. It says, uh, "Hey Drew, I am glad you both. Uh, I'm I am glad you both. My experience with the Anodyne podcast. Oh, he wrote in about we had sync issues with the first Anodyne episode to the point where." M- me and Anthony were like talking over each other. Mm. It was bad. Um, hopefully that didn't happen again. Um, uh, let's see here. It was very, also very interesting to hear about your history with the podcast and pre Phoenix down. Uh, I started listening around the dragon age episodes, so it was interesting to hear how it came to be in the podcast. You asked for a few different recommendations. So I wanted to share some thoughts, uh, for games that know they're a game, the only one that comes to mind in the same existentialist flavor as Anodyne would be the Stanley Parable, as it seems that there is no real point and it's just trying to mess with expectations. However, along a more comedic route with a storyline. However, uh, I would also highly recommend the Deadpool game. Deadpool not only knows he is in a game and talks directly to the player, but he is playing through a game and he is pro- that he is producing at the same time which has the budget limitation which at the t- which has at time budget limitations it's a fun hack and slash shooty shooty game but uh, with cutscenes featuring deadpool and other marvel characters for more general recommendation for you is the first tree it is a short independent hmm. game but with a great storyline of a mother fox trying to find her cubs as narration occurs of a man coming to terms with some things from his past. I would also recommend playing through it a second time with the developer commentary on as he added in insights on what he was trying to do and sometimes how they did not work out, such as resulting in a 20-foot giant bunny. (laughs) Uh, This might also be a recommendation for a new theme for a year. 
uh, those smaller independent games that you can accomplish in a few hours. Most of those probably fly under the radar, but you could ask for recommendations or at least toss a few in, uh, a few of those in between the larger multi-part episode games. Always keep gaming, Jason. Yeah, right. that's awesome. Thank you for those recommendations. I've played Deadpool. Deadpool is Deadpool definitely has some budget issues, um, but uh, one thing they do have is really good humor and. There's some really good set pieces in there of just like, you know, the fourth wall breaking stuff. Yeah. Um, it's hard to find that game now um, because they, they delisted it off of everything. Um, I, I I read the news article saying that they were going to delist Deadpool off of Steam, so I purchased it on Steam um, before they removed it from the marketplace. So I do own that game. Uh, I have not heard of the first tree. Um, that is definitely something I want to take a look at. Um and uh, Matt, I know me and you have talked about uh, the theme possibly for next year. I kind of like the idea of it. Um, if you want to, we can go with that theme. We can just go ahead and tell people. It's up to you, though. Yeah. No, I I, it, I think it would be a fun year. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. So the the thing that we're thinking about doing is, is basically doing a... a so we've played a lot of games on Phoenix Down. In fact, we played 118 games on Phoenix Down, um, some of which have sequels and spinoffs that we have not touched. Um, so what we're thinking of doing is basically, hey, we played this game previously. There's a sequel to it. Or uh, maybe the developer went on to make this game that's very similar, that kind of thing. Um, and we would like to do like that theme, basically retread games that we've played previously and say, let's look at a sequel or let's look at um, a spiritual successor or, or even go as far as to say, you know, this creator also created this, you know, and let's check those kind of games out. So we're thinking about that. And if anybody um, out there is listening um, who would like to, um, make some suggestions. They could go back and look at our previous games. You can find a huge list of it on ZTGD.com um, and basically say, okay, well, they did this game. Why don't we do this game? So a perfect example, I, w- our first game we ever did was Halo, the first Halo game, right? Yeah. We could totally do a, a Halo game. We could do Halo 2. I, I, truth be told, I have never played Halo 2. In my uh, life. That, that is my favorite Halo game. Well, there you go. Or we could do ODST. I thought ODST was superb. I've, I, 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 in fact, I would go as far as to say that's probably my favorite Halo game. And it was because it was different. Yeah. Like, I love the sections where you're playing as the OD, ODST guy. And he's, like, just walking around, like, the abandoned city. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. It was very atmospheric, stuff like that. So, I mean, that that's a good example we could do. Yeah, we or, actually had on the list the Sinking City. Because we had done Call of Cthulhu before Call that. Call of Cthulhu, exactly. <laughs> so that would have so. been a good, like, thematic, thematic, uh, consistent game. Yeah, not knowing that that was originally Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, but it's it, you know it's in the same theme basically. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna do a little bit of research on that, and if you, and if any of the listeners out there want to look back at some of our previous titles that we've done and say, oh, we could do this game, you could definitely suggest it to us. Um, we would really appreciate it, and we will definitely take it into consideration. And if somebody does suggest it, I mean, at this point, we'll probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah, but if you would like to send those suggestions, or if you just want to write about Low in the Dark, or anything really, uh, you can send us an email. It's drew at ztgd.com. Um, you can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it for us for this week. Um, we're about a little bit more than halfway through Carnby's. Yeah, I think so. And I think you and I both are probably going to be playing through Aline's section as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, figure. Two episodes per side. Yeah, I, I would assume that would probably be the case. We'll finish up uh, Carnby's side for the next episode, and then do Elaine stuff. Um, but yeah, and then so we, we we do know the next few games. So we're going to be doing Along the Dark. When we finish Along the Dark, it will probably be the new year. We're going to read Ready Player Two, and then after Ready Player Two, we are going to finish up that Yakuza series. We're still on that Yakuza series. Uh, we're going to finish up with Like a Dragon. After that, we're going to then move into our theme of checking out previous games and their sequels or spinoffs kind of thing. So I think we've got a good lineup so far. Uh, that lineup will probably... Uh, the, the Our next few things will probably last us through February at least, if not into March. So, uh, But yeah, we're going to be trekking right along with that stuff and i'm excited for next year's theme i, I want to go back honestly i can't remember half the games we've done <laughs> i mean technically this game is part of the theme we've yeah, played along yeah the this would have been a good one for the yeah. theme so but yeah that's going to be it for us um i do appreciate everybody listening thank you so much and thank you for those emails i really do appreciate it um but until next time i am drew and i'm matt and we are out of here you guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with the continuation of Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare.